This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can tune us in on the FM dial. We're also in 90, on 96.7 in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you this morning? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit down this morning. My beloved Fighting Irish lost, uh, lost a tough one last night on the last play of the game. Uh, so I'm... Uh, a little bit psychologically in the dumps this morning, Naz, but uh, got to raise my you game You should here. talk to my son. He's in the same He's boat. He's in the right? same. It's really tough, tough loss for the Fighting Irish yesterday. They had a uh, last-second field goal in Stanford. Stanford ran the ball down the field with 30 seconds left, so it's certainly a tough, uh, tough loss for the Irish. I was kind of hoping that they would match up with your beloved uh, rolling uh, – Rolling tide in the uh, in the national championship game, but we're going to have to put off the Notre Dame Alabama championship game for another year. Alabama has a shot, Wally. They really do. Their yeah, defense they, is real. They're, they're certainly good. looking good, and uh, you know what? Uh, I wish them all the best. I know they'll make you happy, anyways. But it's Great Cup Sunday, Naz, and uh, this uh, this particular day has always been a important day in the Canadian sports scene, and we've got. Uh, Neil Lumsden, Lums- Neil uh, uh, CFL legend, uh, college football legend in, in Canada. He's well, done it all. He's, he's done, done it all, all uh, yeah. as a player, as a coach, as a, in management, and uh, we had him on the uh, we had him on the show last year at this time. So we're certainly looking forward to talking to Neil Lumsden right after the first break. And uh, the Edmonton Oilers are in town, I believe, tomorrow night to yeah. face off against our beloved Blue and White. And uh, middle of the hour, we'll have joining us Bob Stoffer. The Bob Stoffer's the color man for the Edmonton Oilers. He's in town, and we're certainly going to talk to him about. We got lots to talk to him about, right? All all things Edmonton, but uh, going back to Great Cup Sunday, uh, certainly it doesn't seem in this part of the country that the Great Cup is what it used to be. Um, Naz, you and I are Zoomers. Uh, we are uh, we are children of the '60s and the '70s, and uh, certainly Great Cup Sunday was something we used to look forward to uh, and wait for. All season long, and as a result, it's, of the, it's been difficult to follow the uh, the Argos. That's for sure, especially well, last year with all the. Well, this the year turmoil. was a particularly tough year to watch yeah. the Argos because they were all over the place. They, you know, they had that infamous game in Fort McMurray. I mean, they were they were like a traveling band this year. 
didn't have much home games, but it was a transition year for them. So the big year for the Argos is next year. They've yeah, got we're going to new- ask Neil about that because he's been around the uh, the CFL and the college ranks and everything. So he should be able to uh, tell us a bit what he thinks of Toronto as a, as getting them back on the map. I don't think it'll ever come back the way it used to be, but you know they're gonna they're gonna try. They're gonna be playing in uh, BMO Field. That's a step in the right direction, I think. So hopefully, and we can walk to the game from here oh, from our right. studio. It's across the street from here. Yeah, but certainly, um, you know, the new stadium, the new ownership. Um, I almost look at that. This is, has to be make or break for the Toronto Argos if they don't write the uh, the good shot bargainot in the next couple of years. I, I I don't I don't see where their future is. I mean, well, they have corporate dollars, that's for sure. With Bell involved in the in the uh, ownership of the team, they do have a lot of corporate dollars to put into it. Yeah. So maybe they can do it. And, and they can. And quite frankly, the television ratings aren't considered that bad. Um, Certainly, the uh, the numbers in the on the TV side of it are are uh, within uh, a reasonable range. They do better than the Raptors do, and uh, you know, obviously, they're they're not in the range of of hockey or or baseball. Certainly, with the year that the Blue Jays had, and I guess to a certain extent, the Blue Jays' year certainly overshadowed the. Ar- I mean, nobody was well, paying attention to the Argos. Look what happened to the Argos. They're ready to announce the move to BMO Field, and Mike. Babcock signs that day with the Leafs, right? Yeah. It's just time after time after time. It happens, and the Argos don't get any publicity, right? Yeah, there, may, yeah, there may have been a certain amount of gamesmanship there, but um, uh, certainly, you know, the new field in Hamilton seems to have done wonders for that franchise, so we certainly hope the new field in Toronto does wonders for the Argos. And Ottawa seems to have uh, done well with their team for the first couple of years, so... Oh, and that's an incredible story. Um, second year going yeah. to the Great Cup um, brings back uh, you know the old the old Rough Riders and uh, I still can't get over the Red Blacks. The I, Red Blacks. I, I call them the Rough Riders, <laughs> but I can't get over the, name, the Red Blacks. At least now, when you say Rough Riders, you can you know that there's only one possible team you could, you could be referring to. But uh, the and, uh, this may be. Uh, you remember the 1981 Great Cup was Edmonton and Ottawa, and yeah, uh, Neil played in that game. Neil Lumsden played in that game, and that that was an uh, a fascinating game. Uh, Edmonton was an all world team that year. I mean, they oh. had uh, Warren Moon as the quarterback. An incredible team, uh, some incredible players. They went fourteen one and one, if I'm not mistaken. We can ask Neil that. And the uh, the Ottawa Rough Riders were were a, were a ragtag collection of uh, seventeen point underdogs. Seventy, and they <laughs> the Ottawa team was ahead. Twenty to one at halftime. The whole, the whole, the whole country was in a state of shock because I guess in those days the whole country used to watch the Great Cup. Yeah, and they were five and eleven. Ottawa, five and eleven. Record. They went to the Great Cup and they almost took down possibly the greatest team in Canadian football history. They almost took them down. Uh, certainly, I remember that game. Uh, what's your uh, recollection of Great Cup games, Naz? Uh, your uh, one that sticks uh, sticks in your mind and your oh, memory. it has to be the Joe Theismann, the Leon McQuay fumble against Calgary. Oh, the uh, infamous, the the greatest team. Be. We had the boys in here. We uh, had the Pete boys Martin in. and Bill Simons, right? And Joe Theismann called us, and it was that was the game because we were in uh, we were in school at that time, and uh, we followed the Argos, and they were awesome that year. They were a really good football team, and 
McQuaid fumbles. The greatest team that never won the Great Cup. Uh, a few months back, we talked to Bill Simons, Pete Martin, and Joe Theismann on the same show, yeah. and we, we spent a lot of time talking about that particular Argo team and that infamous play that has been burned in all Toronto Argonaut fans' memories. When Leon McQuaid, I mean, the, the play that set it up before that, when uh, Tricky Dick Thornton had the interception, and we thought he was going to take it in for the touchdown. And he, he went the wrong way. He cut left game. instead of cutting right, and uh, and then the rest is history, I guess, Ness. The yeah, rest is history. Sure. Now, welcome back, Jay Happ. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to go there. Uh, we, uh, we, you you want to get into that one now, yeah, Ness? Well, let's minutes minutes get it. I, I know. Uh, what are the Jays <laughs> doing? Jay Happ, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, I got up yesterday morning and I heard a report that Jay Happ re-signed with the Blue Jays. Resigned because he uh, came back. Why would you want Jay Happ? Well, the question is not what why you and I know you've been you've been burning up the social media uh, networks with this one, Naz. I mean, this one uh, has caught your pickle a little bit, um, and I'd love to see you get I love to see you get passionate about this stuff. Um, it's not that they brought Jay Happ back. It's it's that what they're paying them. It's 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 which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I mean, you just look at Shapiro's first couple of moves. Um, we've got we 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 sent Liam Hendricks out of town. We, I thought Liam Hendricks was a a fairly serviceable. That guy throws ninety eight. Yeah. Not too many I mean, guys I, I mean, I thought he was. I thought he was a fairly serviceable reliever. Um, I thought he fulfilled a useful role on the team, and we brought in. Um, was it Jesse Chavez? Chavez. Yeah, uh, I know that you're not a big Chavez fan, Naz, but uh, that's one of Shapiro's moves. Jay Happ, thirty-six million dollars, three years. Three years. Twelve million a year. Uh, I guess that means David Price is not coming to town because well, that we, doesn't we've, necessarily we've, mean that, but it could well, Rogers has then deep if you're pockets. bringing Jay if you're bringing Jay Happ Listen, in Rogers, at thirty six million dollars a year for three years, if you're going after Price, then you're you're taking this you're taking this team's budget to a completely different level. Yeah, well, because it's, it's only uh, it's only their money, right? Well, I don't know. They, they, they can spend the Yankees, whatever their the money Yankees, wants. The Yankees, Red Sox are going to spend two hundred million. Why not the Jays spend two hundred million? Well, I, mean, you know, I mean, if the it, Yankees and Red Sox can do it, why not the Jays? Yeah, but Dodgers g- do it too. Getting back to Jay Happ, um, I mean, we we, we used a Jay the year before, and uh, last year I, I believe he didn't he spent the early part of the year in Seattle. He in was Seattle. about he was about four and, then, and a half. He went to Pittsburgh. He had a one point eight five. But in the National League, you're not facing the DH, and it is a little easier, a lot easier to pitch in the National League than it is in the American League. Certainly, um, you and know, Hap in the sky and the in the, in the dome. Well, what is this? let's go back. Let's, it's home let's, run let's, haven for these hitters coming yeah, in. To let, pitch. Let's revisit his career as a Blue Jay. Um, you know, let's let's throw last year out the window because last year he was you know half year in the American League, half year in the. Um, he's been National an average. League. He's been a average below is average that the mar- pitcher. Is that the market for average to below average pitchers now? Wow, Twelve million dollars a year. If it is, then price is going to get thirty. Well, that's that's what they're t- they're talking about. 35. The Boston the Boston Red Sox are talking. I mean, the rumors are they they want to throw two hundred million dollars at David. I, I Price. don't see him going to Boston. I can see him going into the National League. I can't see him going to Boston. I really can't. 
Anyways, uh, Jay Happ is back in town, and uh, you know it's. I'll be there for his first start. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, we'll certainly hope uh, hope he has a good season. I just the budget seems uh, the the number seems to be getting out of whack a little bit, but uh, certainly it's going to be a topic of discussion. And uh, as there are uh, lots of other topics of discussion, Jonathan Bernier is another another one. Another uh, one. Not a great performance by Bernier last night, but no. uh, we're going to have to hold off on that thought, and uh, hopefully we get an opportunity at the uh, bottom of the hour to talk to uh, talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs and Jonathan Bernier and the status of all things blue and white. But uh, we are going to go to our commercial break, and right after our commercial break, we're going to come back with Canadian football legend Neil Lumsden. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked me to introduce their new fast dial number just for cell phones by singing it. <clears throat> pound three six three six no. Pound three six three six no. Come on baby, pound three six three six. Come on baby, pound three six three six. Let's go ring to it. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound three six three six. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. 
Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are pleased to have with us Canadian football legend, Neil Lumsden. Good morning, Neil. How are you this morning? Well, that's a little strong, but good morning. (laughs) (laughs) You are a legend, Neil, and you have a resume that we don't have enough time on the show to go over. I'll just say simply, uh, you are uh, a great uh, high school football player in Toronto. You're one of the best or one of the greatest uh, Canadian football player, college football players of all time, a great CFL player and a coach and uh, manager and currently the uh, doing some college football coaching at the University of Guelph. How does that do it? Wow, that's pretty good. I'm busier than I thought. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for joining us, Neil. We... I need to have a nap. You call me back. <laughs> thanks, and welcome back to the show. We had you on uh, last year, and uh, yes. we, pre- we appreciate you coming back on. And it's great, and it's uh, Great Cup Sunday, and uh, in a lot of parts of the country, uh, it is uh, it is a memorable day. It's an important day, um, but in the Toronto market, it may not be what it once was am i uh, am i getting that right neil well it's interesting i think that uh, i mean there's a couple of different ways to look at it when you look at how strong football is in the ontario market in many ways even though a lot of high schools have dropped foot the football program for uh, financial reasons in the last four or five years uh, college football is very strong uh, i think it's a it's available they uh, the fans are available to be pulled back in um even though the numbers are down a little bit uh, this year from a ratings perspective, the audience is still very large. And I think that audience just needs to be brought back into a, into a good environment in Toronto where they can have some, have some fun of the game versus sitting in a cavernous scenario um, like the Rogers Centre. So I think the move to BMO Field is going to be a good one for the Argos. Uh, and I think it will also pay dividends on the field. They won't have to be think like they're... A bunch of vagabonds all year round going from stadium to stadium to stadium to stadium and not sharing which one is their home. Neil, uh, you you were the assistant coach with Guelph, and you guys played Montreal uh, mm-hmm. last week, and uh, they ended up losing in the last minute, last second field goal to yeah. UBC. Um, the caliber of play in the OUAA, what is it like? Oh, it's tremendous. Uh, it, it's it's an interesting conference, uh, and the, the reason it's interesting is, is, is multifaceted. First, from a coach's perspective, uh, there are so many teams, uh, and, and the Ontario market has always been a, a very fertile market for football, uh, coming out of high school and rep football in the summer. So uh, all the schools across the country come into Ontario, and, um, and we are competing for those same players along with everybody else. Now, a lot of great players come from other parts of the country. Quebec produces a lot of good football players, but traditionally a lot of them like to stay home uh, closer to, you know, in a francophone scenario like uh, Laval or the University of Montreal, where French is the full-time language, not the part-time one. So um, it, it's very good, and we're producing a, a lot of good football players that have gone on to play in the CFL, and I think that, you know, that's happening across in the CIS, and to see UBC come back, come back as, a, as a franchise, if you will, 
uh, under Blake Nill, which is no surprise. He's such a tremendous coach, and he's a, just a, a fabulous recruiter. Um, uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. And, you know, Montreal and that uh, that conference has been very strong for a number of years, predominantly because of Laval, but Danny Machocha has done a great job at the University of Montreal bringing that program around and, you know, won a Vanya Cup last year and lose in the last second yesterday. So he's doing a lot of things right. My understanding is that Stu Lang is not coaching next year at Guelph. Is that correct, Neil? Yeah, he he uh, had a plan, uh, which is no surprise. Those of uh, people that know Stu well, he set, sort of sets very specific goals and uh, w- uh, regarding his time and his commitment. And he went one year longer than he wanted to because the goal was to win the AIDS Cup. We'd been there a couple times and been very close um, and unfortunately didn't achieve that goal until this year. So I think that had a lot to do with it. So he's hanging around uh, as as the head coach, sort of GM right now at the University of Guelph until they hire an athletic director, and then once that's done, they can start the process of hiring a new head coach. Do you have any interest in coaching the team as the head coach? Yeah, yeah I do. I, I talked to Stu about that years ago. I've been involved in coaching in a long for a long time now, and um you know, there's a couple of good candidates. I'd like to think I'm one on the team or the, or the coaching staff now. But because, I mean, Stu's going to hang around but not going to be a day-to-day guy. He, You know, he and his wife, Kim, don't live too far off uh, off the, the beaten path in Guelph. So, you know, but he's also got some things going on at his alma mater in Queens where he's donated a bunch of money to to revive that facility, which has fallen apart in the last four or five years. So... Though he's going to be around, he won't be hands-on. Uh, and there are some, other, I'm sure, because of what Stu has built, really, and and the program that we've all been part of developing with respect to the, the quality of the player, uh, there'll be a lot of interested parties. Now we're talking to Neil Lumsden, of course, Canadian football legend. Neil, uh, I want to take you back even one further step in, in, uh, in the Canadian football scene, and I want to go back to something... Uh, that's near and dear to Naz and, and our hearts. Uh, Naz and I actually became friends in the mid-1970s playing high school football on, uh, in our high school in West End, North York. And uh, certainly high school football used to be a big thing in, uh, in, in, in the 70s. We used to have the pep rallies and uh, everybody wanted to be a high school football player because that was, that was the way you could get girls to go out with you when you asked them out. <laughs> but uh, what, is, what is the status? What's the state of high school football? Is it, is it what it used to be? Has it changed? I know there's a lot of talent coming out of our high schools, but it uh, doesn't seem to be the same participation rate there used to be. Um, your thoughts, Neil? Well, that's a that's a wide open question uh, because I think that it depends on where you are with respect to how high school football is doing, and 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 something that has also creeped into the landscape of football. and uh, And I got involved in Burlington at the the Burlington Rep program in the summer, uh, which is sort of May to August, and they're again predominantly high school football players that want to get better, sharpen their skills. In a lot of cases, the the coaching is very good. Um, and you'll see a lot of these players that come out of high school also play that summer ball uh, to refine and get better at the technical part of the game. So um, I think in many ways it's better. I, th- I don't think it is. What, what, what saddens me a little bit, and, and when I coached in Burlington here at Lord Elgin High School, uh, both as a, a coordinator and then as a head coach for a few years, I, I, you know, when I went to school, you know, 70s, 
Yeah, it was the 70s, I think. Um, you, know, <laughs> you, you, you could play football, and then when the football season was over, I'd go play hockey, and some of the other guys would go play basketball. And then when that season was over, we'd go play rugby or, or, or run track or both. Um, now, everything runs into each other. And it's t- and it's almost like it be- has become too specialized. And you know, my my uh, dad used to say many many years ago that he always encouraged me to play as many sports as possible because he felt that by the time I made a decision on whatever the sport I wanted to focus in on, I'd be a better athlete because of my exposure to multiple sports. And I and I totally agree with him. And and we try to do that in our house too. And and I think sometimes it gets just not quite as bad as hockey, but just there's more to being a good football player than just playing football for long periods of time, uh, 12 months of the year. So the quality is great. The competition in our area, in Burlington and in Hamilton, Halton, uh, is fierce. I mean, the high school teams in are, are very, very good, have been for a long time. Burlington has produced some great football players, as has Hamilton and the Waterdown area. So I would say football is alive and well and very strong. Um, the support is there, but it really is, it's not as much as, to your point, the culture where I think it should be and promoted. And I think because of that, it's, it's a little bit sad. But then that whole, the whole educational system has changed since, you know, we were younger. And, you know, I never had an outside coach, um, uh, as in someone like me who would come in and coach. All our coaches were always on staff, whether they were gym teachers or a math teacher. These were guys that played the game and then gave something back. I mean, Clark Pulford. A legend in 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 the Toronto yeah. not only in the hockey side of it um, with his brother Bob, but Clark as a coach. Uh, you know, people like that they're still around, but there just aren't as many because uh, I guess they just not as many people want to put things something back into the system uh, and coach kids. Nineteen eighty one, Neil. Yeah, you guys are down twenty one. The Eskimos. Mm-hmm. What was the speech at halftime? <laughs> There really wasn't one. Um, <laughs> I think it was... Um, Who was the coach? Was it Huey Campbell? It was Huey Campbell, yeah. It was, okay. Um, and there's a, there's a guy who once gave us a speech before Western Final by quieting the room down in Edmonton and saying simply, well, they showed up, we got to go play them. Um, so, you know, he, he knew uh, how, this, how our engine ran, and he knew the personalities, and... And he didn't have to motivate us. Uh, we just had to get some things straight. And on, from the offensive side of things, we got things straight by calming the offense down just before the half by putting Tom Wilkinson back in at quarterback and giving Warren Moon a bit of a break and letting him, letting him see and sit back and think a little bit more about what had gone on. So it was more about gathering ourselves um, and refocusing than it was about getting everyone all fired up. We were always fired up. That was never a problem. It was um, it was really focusing that and making some slight adjustments to what the Ottawa defense wasn't doing or wasn't giving us, so we needed to take it from somewhere else, and that's exactly what happened. Now, Warren Moon was your quarterback. Tom Wilkinson also. How yeah. good was Warren Moon? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Is he the best quarterback you've ever played with? Well, I, I, he may be the best quarterback who's ever played, period, and, and uh, on either side of the border. Um, and I think he proved that when he went down to the NFL from the CFL. Um, his mechanics on throwing the football, his ability to move and throw the ball, either going to his left or a little bit more naturally to his right because he was right-handed, 
Um, he could run. Uh, you know, he needed like all young quarterbacks. And, you know, in today's game, we've got the veteran and then we've got a semi-veteran in Mike Bradley and Edmondson. But when you see the young quarterbacks come into a league, there's so much they have to learn. Uh, it was no different then. Uh, maybe the maybe the defenses are more complicated now. Maybe they're not. But you still have to see them and then and then get the repetitions of seeing them in live, not just in practice but in games. And Warren was a, is is a smart guy, picked things up, and then that translated into his execution. And um, yeah, I don't know many people that could were the were as pure uh, a passer mechanically as Warren and throw the ball as well. I mean, you look at the, you know, the Dan Marinos and the Matt Dunnigans, and you go way back to Jackie Parker, and a lot of the greats, Russ Jackson, that played in our league, and of course the greats in the NFL. And I wouldn't be afraid to put Warren uh, in the top three ever to play the game, and you can make a case for him to be the best. Your pick today between Ottawa and Edmonton. Oh, <laughs> well, I, you know. Uh, I had a, a long conversation with a, a great friend, Dwayne Mandrusiak, who's been the equipment manager at the Eskimos ever since, well, I guess they put maybe the double E on the helmet. It's been forever. And we, a week ago, we were talking about the layoff they were going through and the, you know, the three weeks and everyone I thought was making too, way too much out of it. Um, and because, you know, I experienced that, we experienced through layoff, layoff, I think back in 81 before we went to the Western final. So, I really like Edmonton. Uh, I think, you know, my heart is uh, because I played there and, and who I played with, and, and those that blood runs very, very deep with us. Uh, i, I got to tell you, sentimentally, with Rick Campbell, the, what, the job he's done, the son of Huey. I mean, Rick Campbell was 10 years old when the last, the, t- the last time these two teams met in the Grey Cup in 1981. Um, you know, but I, I have to, you know, I think it's going to be a whale of a game, and I can't tell you. How proud, I am, how proud I am of the ownership group and everything in Ottawa, the general manager, Marcel Desjardins, of course, Rick and his coaching staff have done a great job in those players. But uh, i got to tell you, I think it's, um, they're going to have their hands full with Edmonton. Henry Burris, will ha- is not, Henry Burris will see things today at a speed today that um, I think will be ramped up more than he saw a week ago. Anyways, we're talking to Neil Lumsden and... Uh we're, uh, we've just about run out of time, Neil, but I've got to tell you I'm a little bit upset at you. Uh, I had my money on you in the, uh, in the Amazing Race Canada, you and your daughter, Kristen. Um, you didn't pull through, but you certainly, uh, you, certainly uh, you, you, you carried the mantle for all us Zoomers, and you carried it very well. Uh, we are, we're certainly proud of you, uh, uh, all tongue-in-cheek, and uh, tell us a little, bit about, uh, a little bit about that experience. Yeah, my money was on me too, my daughter. <laughs> just by the way, um, you know, it was um, it was a phenomenal experience. It's 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 tough. It's a real grind. Um, you have to basically disappear off the grid, uh, that no one can know what you're doing for four to five weeks. Uh, we joke about it. It's the amazing job because you're always on the go, and you put legs of races back to back, and hours of sleep at night to two or three sometimes. Um, it, it is a drain physically. I, I found it tougher physically, I think, just because of my age than I did mentally. Um, I always thought mentally it was that's no big deal, but I think that has to do a little bit with what I've done over the last 25 or 30 years. So, and my and this just the experience, guys. With my daughter Kristen was, um, gosh, uh, I, I think that the best way to describe it is, um, and of course we are t- we were together. 
uh, you know, nonstop, like nonstop um, for the time period, uh, never out of each other's sort of hearing. And the only time I wouldn't see her is if she, when she was in the washroom and the, and the room where I was. Otherwise, we were together steady. That my wife Donna, when we came back after she had seen us together a couple times, and uh, understand we have a very close family, including our son Jess. And she said, "You two are at a whole different level now. You can just—it's not you just—you can see it when you're together." And I feel it too, and I, I hope Chris does. And um, you know that alone makes the the grind and the sore knees and and everything that we went through uh, way more uh, valuable than being on the race itself. But uh, yeah, we met some good people, fun people, and uh, I, <laughs> I now enjoy watching somebody else. <laughs> Anyways, we've been talking to Neil Lumsden. Neil, uh, we, we really want to thank you again for uh, joining us again on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. And uh, we are kind of hopeful that we see you behind the sidelines next year at the University of Guelph as their head coach. We certainly well, would love to see that, Neil, for you. Or, you. or It would be a lot of fun, but okay, so quickly, who are you guys picking? today oh i i think edmonton's going to win by two touchdowns uh i'm i'm going with my sentimental choice uh neil i was a huge ottawa rough rider fan when i was uh, when i was a kid so i'm i'm going back with the ottawa's so uh strictly a sentimental choice i understand that but sorry about your luck okay thanks neil <laughs> always a pleasure all right guys i enjoyed it we thanks, certainly not, we certainly enjoyed it as well thanks so much neil lumsden uh always a pleasure talking to neil nobody knows canadian football like uh, neil lumsden really does yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's done it all in Canadian football at every single level, and certainly still has uh, still has a lot to bring. And uh, we hope to, certainly hope to see him again. He involved. was the top Canadian in that Great Cup game in 1981. Yeah. He was voted the top Canadian. Ma- amazing part is uh, Sportsnet did a poll uh, last last year of the greatest greatest Canadian college football players of all time, and Neil Lumsden came in number two. Number That's two, impressive. That's the really greatest impressive. Canadian. F- college football players of all time. Anyways, before we go to break, it's at that time of the show our good pizza, good people from Pizzaville want us to give out a $50 gift card. Um, so certainly uh, it's great pizza. They've got locations all over southern Ontario. Uh, if you're a listener, get next to your phone, get your finger ready, get ready to dial these numbers. Naz is going to give you all the details it is a skill testing question. Naz, I'm turning it over to you. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. Here's the skill testing question. What former Leaf wore 99, the number 99 at the same time as Wayne Gretzky? Was it A, Daryl Sittler, B, Alexander Gadinyuk, or C, Wilf Paymont? First correct answer... Wins the card. The numbers once again? 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. And we're talking about the last Toronto Maple Leaf to wear number 99 at the same... Not the last... Sorry, let me correct myself. Who wore 99 at the same time as Wayne Gretzky. How'd you come up with Alexander Gadiniuk? Well, he's, uh, he's up there. He's <laughs> okay. in the 90s. Daryl Sittler, Alexander Gadiniuk, or Wilf Paymont. Please call in. I'll give you those numbers once again. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour will be right after this break. With We'll be back with Bob Stoffer, Oilers, Color Man. 
It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636 and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage? Pound 3636. Salad at the... Uh, someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Waller Sports Hour. We are live from downtown Toronto on AM 740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can listen to us also on 96.7 FM. I just want to announce the winner of our Pizzaville contest, a $50 gift card. Barbara Tran from Claremont, Ontario. Barbara, thanks so much for calling in and then guessing Wolf Paymont. Naz, Barbara was not thrown off by your Alexander Gdynia no, curveball yeah. there. Anyways, we've got on the line with us uh, the Edmonton Oilers color man on the, on the Oilers broadcast, Bob 
Stoffer. Bob, good morning. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm awake. How are you guys doing? We're doing <laughs> fantastic. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show at this at this time of the morning. Uh, I know that uh, you're probably in from an overnight uh, travel. The Edmonton Oilers are in town to play the beloved Blue and White, and uh, the Oilers, I guess, uh, are not having the start perhaps the people in Edmonton land would have wished for. They've got a new general manager. They've got a new coach, and they've got a new superstar who's on the shelf right now. But give us a little recap on uh, uh, what's happened so far in Edmonton Oiler land and what, uh, how you're looking forward to the rest of the season. Yeah, well, I think that, uh, you know, there's a couple things that have happened here. I mean, obviously, Connor McDavid made a tremendous impact through the first 13 games. Uh, the team has played better. They've had probably two poor performances all game. One came on this road trip. In Carolina, they were absolutely putrid that night. Uh, but played pretty well in Washington, got the victory last night in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, they've got some good high-end talent. They're lacking third and fourth line scoring depth. Their defense is a work in progress. We are seeing the emergence of Darnell Nurse out of uh, Sault Ste. Marie, who is, uh, did not start the year with the team, but has come up and is now playing a top-four role. Justin Schultz returned to the lineup last night, gave them another guy that can transport the puck on defense. Uh, as a rule of thumb, they haven't had too many goaltenders, you know, goaltending performances steal victories, but that happened last night. Honors Nielsen was very good. So the goaltending's been inconsistent. The, the defense has some challenges. They don't have any scoring depth, but they do have, when, when their high, higher-end guys are going, and they haven't had all of them together at the same time, like, Jordan Everly was out uh, until after McDavid uh, got hurt. So, you know, it's it's one of those situations where we're not really quite sure exactly what we totally have here yet. Uh, but nonetheless, the, the, the end result of the, the, the win-loss record is not where the organization wants it right now. Now, uh, Bob, I see the makeup of the team a little not wow. there. And it's the reason being is they have really haven't, other than Nurse, have drafted a defenseman. And they've got a lot of really good forwards, and they lack on the blue line. Do you see a trade happening with either uh, an Eberle or uh, Nugent Hopkins? I, I see yeah, Hall I and uh, McDavid see, being what? the fixtures. Yeah, Oscar Kleppbaum is another player they drafted. They actually, that was the L.A. pick that they got in the from Petter trade. Uh, Kleppbaum and Nurse are going to be stop, top four defensemen for them. They, I mean, they would like to get another top four D man that's ready right now. Uh, I don't see Nugent Hopkins being put it this way. It's difficult. There hasn't been one significant trade made all season in the NHL. It's tough to make trades because of contracts. And, you know, smart guys don't make trades when their players aren't playing well. And, uh, you know, a guy like Jordan Everly is not playing on the level that he can play at. Uh, so I don't think you get the sort of value for him right now that you might be able to get if you wait. For me, uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins are non-starters. You have to have strength down the middle. Uh, you know, Dreisaitl has got, after scoring last night, I think he's got 18 points in 14 games, but he's far from a, a lock yet as a top-two center. Nugent Hopkins is a top-two center. He, the whole team's gone through a uh, a two-week battle here with illness, and it's afflicted the broadcasters as well. Yeah. You'll be able to pick that up in my voice. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, Ryan's been second. He, he's really been challenged to play uh, the sort of level that we're used to. So I wouldn't move Nugent Hopkins. I do think it's possible that one of Everly or Yakupov 
uh, could move at some point this season or certainly in the offseason. And you are right, they need to improve their defense. But they do have two pretty good defensemen uh, in Nurse and uh, uh, Nurse and Clapham. They sent Griffin Reinhardt down on minors. He shut down Gualt in the OHL final a couple of years ago. Still needs to work on his first uh, first step quickness. Uh, but I expect him here next year as well. Uh, but they're going to try to continue to, you know, to, to get themselves. If you want to win in the West, you have to play a hard, fast game. And so having soft, skilled players doesn't necessarily lend itself to that. So we, may, we might see one of the Everlay or Yakupov types move, but not right away. Toronto Maple Leafs, Mike Babcock has changed the way the Leafs are playing. Has uh, Todd McClellan done that also in Edmonton? Well, they all come from the same school, and that's you know that's a great question. And you know, Mike Babcock, uh, the greatest coaching job Mike Babcock ever did was not with Team Canada. I mean, you're coaching a country that could put two teams together that could win an Olympic gold medal. That's how deep we are. Uh, it wasn't with Detroit. Detroit was an elite NHL organization. Best coaching job Mike Babcock ever did was at the University of Lethbridge in 1993-94. That school won six playoff games that year and wrote to winning their only ever CIS national championship. In the 21 years since, they've won seven playoff games. It's almost impossible to win there. It'd be like winning at Savannah State in NCAA <laughs> football. Like, you know, and, but I bring this up because these guys all, you know, Babcock, Trotz, uh, Todd McClellan, Ken Hitchcock, they all come from, uh, you know, the sort of the, the, uh, the CIS, coaching school that brought us Claire Drake and uh, uh, Dave King out of Saskatchewan and George Kingston out of Calgary and, and Wayne Fleming out of Manitoba. And these coaches were, they were the forebearers in many regards. Modern penalty killing came from Claire Drake at the University of Alberta at Edmonton, who, by the way, are the two-time reigning CIS champs. <laughs> so even though we don't talk about the players that come out of those institutions, a lot of the uh, technological advantages in a game from a coaching perspective stand from there. So McClellan and Babcock are really from the same school. And of course, McClellan was an associate coach with Detroit when they won the Cup in 08. Uh, the Oilers needed somebody to lead them in terms of a coach, and they have bought into McClellan 100%. We're yeah, talking like to. Toronto, you know, just like in Toronto, where yep. hey, the players aren't stupid. They know Babcock's here to stay based on that contract. Similar situation in, in, in Edmonton, and they want to be led. And McClellan's got the right personality, you guys. That, that sort of empowers the players to believe in them. So, I, you know, they're playing a different game. They're playing a greater structure and process. They've just been undermined by the fact that they don't have great goaltending and they have they don't have great scoring depth up front and they still have challenges in developing their young defense. We're talking to Bob Stoffer. Bob's the uh, colored play-by-play man for the Edmonton Oilers who are in town to play the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow night. And, of course, Bob... Toronto Maple Leaf fans are still hurting over the fact that Connor McDavid's not in the blue and white, and he's playing for Edmonton. Give us, uh, give us an up to date on Connor. I know we, we know he's injured right now. We know it looks like he'll be back in January sometime, uh, but he seems to have adjusted to the NHL uh, and looks to be one of the bright lights. So certainly, uh, uh, come up to the level of expectations and perhaps surpass them for a rookie. Uh, your your impressions of Connor McDavid's play so far? Well, just in terms of the Maple Leaf fans being upset, I mean, when you go to a casino and a guy wins a thousand bucks on a slot machine next to you, 
Are you mad at him? Well, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Bob. We're mad at him if that same guy keeps pulling, <laughs> keeps winning yeah. that, keeps pulling the same uh, same victory well, in that casino. Then you then you get pretty envious. In yeah, fact, well, uh, it, you guys know how it works. I mean, it, I know it was an incredibly fortuitous uh, bounce. For the orders, absolutely. Well, you get a lot of a lot of incredibly fortuitous bounces. And Bob, just to bring you up to speed in Toronto, I I proposed a new uh, NHL rule last year that that uh, Edmonton Oilers fans would not be too happy with me if they if you are able to listen to our broadcasts out there. Is uh, they they should not no team should be allowed to get the first overall draft choice more than twice in five years. But uh, well. I've- you know, we'll see. I mean, anyways, the, the bottom <laughs> line is, it's funny how it worked out because I don't know if you guys are aware. Of it. Well, the Leafs had it's, the best shot on the last draw. We had the best yeah. odds. Yeah. I mean, the two teams that I felt the worst. For, not that I feel that bad for uh, Buffalo at any time. Uh, just knowing, uh, you know, general manager Tim Murray's a piece of work. But uh, you know, you got, <laughs> I felt bad for Buffalo. You know, and Arizona, but it worked out. And, you know what? It recharged Edmonton. Uh, the the Yakupov winning the lottery. They they moved up one spot in two thousand and uh, and two thousand twelve. And and that draft was a year where maybe you didn't want to win it because nobody could even decide who the best uh, the best defenseman was. Let alone you know whether or not Yakupov should have been the number one pick. Well, here's here's the deal on David. He's everything people thought he was going to be and more. He's a great kid. He's obviously got tremendous parents. Uh, just. Even the way you know he breaks his clavicle and he skates off the ice and sits on the other bench and doesn't say a word, doesn't whine, doesn't complain about the hit, um, which was not intentional. It was just the act of a really bad defenseman in Brandon Manning having to cheat on a play to, to pull a guy in tight to him and knock him off balance and then and McDavid toe pick. But he, he, you know, he's an explosive player. And, but we all knew that. We all knew how good this guy was going to be when his peers are talking about him. Like Steven Stamko saying he's better than I am right now. You know how good he's going to be, and uh, and you talk about poetic justice. Edmonton alone, Sherry Bassin, four million bucks. It's <laughs> not an accident that Chris Knobloch, a University of Alberta graduate, ended up coaching the Erie Otters. And so, in some ways, everything kind of happens for a reason. Um, and that's why it's difficult to judge how good the owners are. You know, I, I'm disappointed where they're standing at in terms of the standings. I do think they play in the West, the Eastern Conference. Though it's not as uh, obvious this year as it's been in the past. Like the, the Central Division teams kick the snot out of everybody. The Pacific's not as good as it's been. But the Oilers have been over 500 against the Eastern Conference for the last two and a half years. So, um, you know, the the absence of McDavid is a massive one, and the long term potential of the organization because he's there is a special one. So we're looking forward to that. Bob, let's talk about the Grey Cup today, Edmonton. Okay. How? What is the re- one other question? Because we're from Toronto. What was the reaction of the Blue Jays this year in Edmonton? What was the fan reaction like? Well, I mean, and you know, I, I hope you guys understand. Like, uh, there is systemic mistrust from Albertans uh, for specifically Bay Street that dates back all the way to the nineteen fifties, because Bay Street turned their back on oil exploration in the province of Alberta. So it was Colorado and Texas-based wildcatters that fueled that drive in the province. And uh, as the balance of power in the country shifted and the population migrated to the West, there's always been a little bit of an issue. But when there's only one team to cheer for and there's only one Canadian team, it becomes uh, you know it becomes a thing in the West. And so 
the Blue Jays, and if the Raptors get to the point where, you know, it's a little bit different in basketball just because there's not quite the same grassroots support in the sport that there is in, as, as with baseball, but I envision that if the Raptors got three rounds into the playoffs, the country would get behind that. Make no mistake, the country was behind the Blue Jays. They were excited for, uh, for that playoff run that the Blue Jays had this year. Okay, great cup. Yeah, you know, it, it shouldn't be close, but I think it will be. I mean, Edmonton beat Ottawa twice this year with their third-string quarterback with Matt Nichols. That tells you a lot right there. In the CFL, if you can't turn your turn, team around in two years, I mean, you have, what, 130 Division One NCAA football programs? Uh, remember, I'm an old SID, an old sports info guy from Edmonton uh, at the University of Alberta. So, you know, there's so much depth in that American system. you got to be able to find players. And that's what the Eskimos have done. They've turned it around in two years. they got an incredible amount of playmakers on defense, and they got a leader at quarterback in Mike Riley, and they have two options to pass the ball in uh, Darius Borman and then uh, Darrell Walker, who played with Johnny Manziel at Texas a The Eskimos should win the game, but there's no guarantee they would. You know, it'll be a big deal in Edmonton, though. They haven't won it for 10 years, and uh, when it comes to the CFL, there's an expectation that that organization, which made the playoffs you know, 34 years in a row, uh, until Danny Machocha took over as GM, uh, there's an expectation that the Eskimos get her done this year. Oh, we've been talking to Bob Stauffer, uh, a- analyst uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, who are in town. Uh, Bob, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, I, I was about to wish the Edmonton Oilers, I wish them continued success on the ice, but not continued success in the casino. Um, uh, I I can only say is if the Oilers win the Austin Matthews Derby, I think we're going to reignite the entire East-West conflict in this country. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't come to that. But uh, all all in jest, and uh, we know it's uh, it's always it's a privilege for us to have you on here on a, on early on a Sunday morning, and we certainly appreciate you taking the time to uh, bring us up to speed on all things Edmonton and all things Alberta. Thanks so much for joining us, Bob. Yeah, you guys call it in time, all right? Take care. We appreciate it. Thank you. That, of course, was... Ooh, push the wrong button there, Naz. That, of course, was uh, Bob uh, Bob Stoffer, who uh, does the play-by-play for the Oilers. Uh, Some interesting comments... Yeah, interesting. But you you got the perspective of Edmonton. See how we talked about the Blue Jays and how Edmonton supported them? But I was I was going to ask him about Jay Happ if we had more time. But, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just I got a sense from him that uh, you know they support uh, supports because they, it's grudgingly support. Uh, but uh, you know the Blue Jays are Canada's only team right now, and uh, they had a great run. And uh, you know certainly uh, they were supported right across Canada. We've only got a minute left, Naz. We don't have time to get into. Too much detail about uh, about any topic, but uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Jonathan Bernier, um, to put it mildly, uh, we can be critical on this show, but we try not to be destructive. Um, he needs we to try, change We try to make our criticisms constructive, but um, all word is he stunk the joint out he's last gotta night. He's got to get out. He's got to go to another team. To I, I just mean it, the, the, the it, problem with goaltenders. It's goaltenders. It's all about confidence. Confidence, sure. And 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 it's all about. I mean, Bernier. You know, it was a couple of years ago. Now he had. You know, he 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 was the team for the yeah. for the entire year until he got injured. And when he got injured, the team fell apart. 
the last year and a half, uh, I don't know if it's technical. I'm sure it probably isn't. It's just, I mean, some of the goals that he lets in. I mean, this is a guy who's, when they say about fighting the puck, remember this, the old fighting cliche, the puck, yeah. fighting the puck? Man, he's going 15 rounds with that puck every night. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about a goaltender who's lost his confidence. And, you know, somehow, I know, I know Jonathan Bernie is a good goalie. He's proved it. How you get his... How do you get his, his his technical details back? How you get his confidence back? I mean, uh, Babcock's got to figure that one out. They're He's got to go figure with, they, that one out. They're going to go with Sparks tomorrow night, I bet, against Edmonton. Anyways, yeah. the producer's giving us the chop sign. Next week, next week, who's on the show? Daryl Sittler in studio and perhaps another huge guest. Uh, I can't announce it just now, but uh, listen in next Sunday where we've got our fingers crossed. Anyways, the producer's giving me the chop sign. He's going to chop us off, Naz. To all our listeners... Have a fantastic week. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.